Activities. Then welcome to this week's Pirates episode of Everything Under the Sun, a weekly podcast answering all the most pressing questions children around the world have about life on Earth. My name is Molly, and today I'm at Globe Primary School in Bethnal Green in London, answering lots of questions about pirates. Close to Globe Primary School is a great museum for kids called the Victorian Albert Museum of Childhood. At the moment, at the V&A Museum of Childhood, they have a free show on about pirates called A Pirate's Life for Me. The children at Globe Primary School helped the museum to make the pirate show, so I thought I would see what questions they have. Our first question comes from Adam. Over to Adam. Hello, my name is Adam and I am nine years old. I love mind-boggling things um, involving maths. My question is, would pirates make good politicians? Hi Adam, that's a really good question. To help answer it, I've got Will Newton who created the show at the Museum of Childhood all about pirates, along with Globe Primary School. So Will knows everything there is to know about pirates. Let's see what he has to say. Over to Will. Hi, my name is Will Newton. I'm a curator at the V&A Museum of Childhood in Bethnal Green. What a great question that is. And I would say in answer to that, it probably depends on who you ask. Because uh, historically, pirates probably weren't very nice people, but some of them did have some good and modern ideas about how to run their ships. So when pirates started on a voyage, they would elect a new captain and all the other officers. So they always came from their sort of the same ranks as, as all the other pirates. And the captain could also be removed at any time during the voyage and was only fully in control of the ship when they were in battle and didn't have any more power than anybody else for the rest of the time. But he did get a larger share of treasure should they manage to capture any. Pirate crews were very, very big on board pirate ships, so individuals didn't have to work as hard as they'd have to on, say, a merchant or a naval ship, which, again, was a very appealing thing about being a pirate. They'd all agree when they set off on a set of rules which they called articles, or which is more commonly known as the pirate code, which helped to resolve conflicts on the ship. So it basically said, don't fight, keep your weapons clean, that sort of thing, and set out how they should govern themselves. In our exhibition, we wrote our own pirate code, uh, and based it on some real historic ones and stuck it up by our ship, the Deathly Scallywags. We wanted to show visitors that pirates have to work as a team and try to get along if they're going to be successful on their voyages. Thanks, Will. So pirates had great ideas that could have made them good politicians, like they elected their own captain and they agreed sets of rules called the Pirate's Code to work out how to live and work together when sailing out at sea. It was quite strict on a pirate ship. There was no gambling, no music on a Sunday, and it was bedtime at eight o'clock. Not exactly what you imagine pirates getting up to. A captain was elected by the rest of the pirates, but he didn't have his own special room on the boat or anything. He was only the one who was in charge in battle. If he didn't do a good job, he would be replaced by a new captain. So it's kind of like democracy in a pirate world. One thing to remember is that pirates weren't lawless people outside of society all the time. In fact, in the golden age of piracy, pirates were even employed by the royal family. One of the most famous pirates was called Sir Walter Raleigh, and he was in a group of pirates that were called the Sea Dogs. Queen Elizabeth I of England loved Sir Walter Raleigh, and she asked him and the Sea Dogs to attack Spanish ships to steal riches, spices and treasure. She also said that Raleigh could claim any land he liked that he so-called discovered in the name of England and he sailed to what is now called America and set up a little village there of people from England. It was the first English settlement in America. 
it ended up disappearing and nobody knows what happened to everybody who lived there. While Queen Elizabeth was queen, Raleigh was a real favourite until he got married, which really annoyed the Queen, so she locked him in the Tower of London for a while. He was eventually executed by King James I, who took over from Queen Elizabeth I, but for a lot of his career he had lots of power and great favour from Queen Elizabeth, so he probably would have made a good politician. I hope that answers your question, Adam, and thanks for your great answer, Will. If you have a question you would like answered on the show, all you have to do is ask an adult to record you asking it using their smartphone and ask them to email me the recording to molly at everythingunderthesun.co.uk. If you want more info about this, just check out my website, everythingunderthesun.co.uk or mollyoldfield.com. Our next question comes from two children, Mariama and Torbin. Over to them. Hello, my name's Mariama. I am nine years old. I love kittens. And my question is, did pirates drink that much rum? Hello, my name is Torben and I'm eight years old. I like playing with my friend Austin and why did pirates drink rum? Once again, I'm going to hand over to Will Newton, the pirate expert at the V&A Museum of Childhood. Over to Will. A great question from Mary Armour and Torbin. The answer to that is much of what pirates stole didn't glitter, it wasn't gold or jewels, but really they were interested in anything that was valuable. Anything they could sell, anything they could wear, anything they could eat, anything they can drink. And um, rum was widely available and widely drunk on board a lot of ships, pirate ships, because rum comes from the Caribbean, where a lot of historic piracy took place and Caribbean pirates during the golden age of piracy, sort of 1650 to about 1725, um, is where many of our modern stereotypes about pirates in popular culture come from. The rum they were drunk was actually often diluted with water, which made a drink called grog, and in the Navy, sailors would get their, their rum ration at midday, but pirates could have it whenever they wanted, which I suppose was one of the appeals of becoming a pirate in the first place. That's so interesting, Will. We usually think of pirates capturing treasure chests of gold, but it was mostly more usual stuff like clothes, spices, food, water and rum, which was a kind of treasure to pirates. Actually, the idea of pirates burying treasure and marking it on a map with a big X to mark the spot comes from a book called Treasure Island by Robert Louis Stevenson. It was written in 1883 and a lot of what we think pirates did actually comes from this book. They probably didn't bury things and mark it with an X. The writer just made it up because it made for a great story. He also wrote about pirates making people walk the plank, which is why we think pirates did that. In fact, they usually didn't kill people, they just stole their stuff. Or if they had to, they pushed them overboard. If you think about it, that makes much more sense than making someone walk the plank, which takes rather a lot of time. I hope that answers your question, Mariama and Torben. That brings us on to our third question from Jayana. Hello, my name is Jayana. I am eight years old and I love working out math. My question is, um, how do pirates get their own language? Hi Jayana, that's a really cool question. Did you know that there's an international Talk Like a Pirate Day on September the 19th every year? So instead of saying, hi everyone, you say, ahoy me hearties and shiver me timbers, stuff like that. But real pirates didn't actually talk like we think they do. 
Most of the pirate talk we know was made popular by an actor called Robert Newton, who played pirates in films, as well as by the writer Robert Louis Stevenson, who wrote Treasure Island. We just talked about him in the last question because he invented the idea of pirate treasure maps with X marks the spot and walking the plank. In his book Treasure Island, he made up that pirates said yo-ho-ho, and he also said that they called each other matey. Shiver Me Timbers comes from another book by a different writer. Robert Newton, the actor who made Pirate Talk famous, grew up in Dorset and went to school in Cornwall. So he used the West Country accent he spoke himself when playing pirates in the films. That's where the pirate accent comes from. It's a West Country accent from the UK. Newton invented that the pirates say in the film of Treasure Island. Of course, there were lots of pirates in Cornwall and you can see tunnels in the rock made by pirates still there today. So Cornish speech might well have influenced the way British pirates spoke out at sea. I hope that answers your question, Jayana. Our last question is a super quick question and comes from Shiva. Hello, my name is Shiva and I am eight years old. I love playing with my friend Sam. My question is, what type of pants do pirates wear? Well, Shiva, I think by pants you're talking about underwear. Just in case any kids in America are listening, where pants are what children in the UK call trousers. The answer is pirates wore baggy trousers so they could jump around sailing ships, fighting battles and stealing loot. They also wore shirts and a cloth tied around their neck. They didn't want anything tight under their baggy trousers, so they didn't wear underwear. That's right, pirates did not wear pants. You know when you're a bit scared of someone, people might tell you, oh, just imagine what they look like naked and then you won't be scared. Do you think that's what people did with pirates in the olden days? Just imagine them without their trousers knowing they weren't wearing pants. Maybe then they'd be less scared of the pirate. I hope that answers your question, Shiva. Last week, I asked you to send in your baby dinosaur impressions for a chance to win a copy of my shiny new book called Natural Wonders of the World. It's now available in all good bookshops, or you can order it online. It's full of the most beautiful places on planet Earth, from caves full of crystals, cherry blossom in Japan, the Great Barrier Reef, ancient rainforests, glow worms, the most electric place on Earth, and the issues they're facing because of climate change. Lots of people enter the competition to win a copy of Natural Wonders of the World and here are our favourite baby dinosaur impressions. Hello, Molly. My name is Leo and I'm five and I like football. And, and this is my baby impression. Dinosaur noise. I'm Benjamin Lewis Barlow. And they fall. And baby dinosaurs call in front of mum like this. Hi, Molly. I'm and I'm free. Hi there, Molly. My name is Martha. I'm eight years old. I live in Glasgow and I love animals, running, and my sister. My baby dinosaur impression is like this. Hi Molly, my name is Heidi and I'm five years old. I live in Glasgow and I like bracelets, bangles and gymnastics. 
And here is my dinosaur impression. Thank you. Hello, my name is Millen. I am nine years old and I like football. This is my impression of a baby dinosaur. and I um, like hockey I am um, seven years old and this is my impression of a dinosaur calling its mummy it was very hard to pick a winner so we asked a dinosaur at the Natural History Museum who he thought would be the winner and the dinosaur said the winner is Benjamin Barlow. Congratulations, Benjamin. You've won a copy of Natural Wonders of the World. It's in the post on its way to your door and I hope you love it. I hope everyone else will go and find a copy in their local bookshop or order one online. If you would like to win a copy of Natural Wonders of the World, like Benjamin Barlow, this week, all you have to do is talk like a pirate. Just ask an adult to record you talking like a pirate using their smartphone and email it into me at molly at everythingunderthesun.co.uk. Most smartphones have an app called Voice Memos or something like that, and you can just record yourself talking like a pirate and then send the audio file to me. The email again is molly at everythingunderthesun.co.uk. Good luck, pirates! Wishing you all a very lovely week. A huge thank you to the VA Museum of Childhood for helping with this week's show, to Katie for organising things, and to Will Newton for his brilliant answers. Big thanks also to Globe Primary School for having me and asking all your great questions. A big thank you to Ash Gardner at House of Strange for the theme song and Audio Networks for all the lovely incidental music we use this week. I'll be back next week answering more questions from children around the world in another episode of Everything Under the Sun. Do send in your questions and there's info about how to do that on the show's website, everythingunderthesun.co.uk. If you like Everything Under the Sun, please do rate, review and subscribe as it really does help. I'll see you next week. Don't forget to send in your questions. Thank you and goodbye.